Good morning. Happy Father's Day. For those of you who don't know me, my name is McLean Murphy, and I am so excited to be the mouthpiece this morning. Uh, so, The Chosen, we are on episode six this morning. If you've been with us, we've obviously been doing this for six weeks. My husband Matt and I started watching this show about a year ago, and immediately were so drawn to the way that these writers and producers and directors brought to life the stories of the gospel. Particularly, we were amazed at the way that they illuminated the life of Jesus. And so today, as we watch these scenes, as we go through these texts, I want you to try to look at Jesus and look for his character, maybe in a way that you've never seen it before. I'm born and raised here in Tampa and went to Plant High School and was on the softball team. And while I was a great second baseman, I was never the starter. But I'm proud to tell you I was the fastest girl on the team, and so I often got to get in the game as the designated runner. And so during one such game, one of my teammates got a hit, made it safely to first, and so then I got subbed in to run for her. So I'm on first base, and it is very apparent what I'm in the game to do. Steal second base. I know why I'm in the game. My coach knows why I'm in the game. Everyone knows why I'm in the game. But I can't steal second base unless my coach gives me the sign. So she's over on third base giving signs to both the batter. Maybe she's telling her to take a pitch or to bunt. And at the same time, she's communicating to me on first base to steal. I can't do it on my own. I have to get the sign. That was the steal sign. But here's the thing. It was more complicated than that because she didn't want the other team to start figuring out our signs, right? So the sign only counted if she hit her belt the trigger. So she could have done one of these, tugged on her ear, and then one of these. That's a no-go. That's not a steal. But had she done this and this, there we go, right? So there I am. I'm on first. I'm looking at her. First pitch goes. No, excuse me. First play is about to go. She does her signs. Out of nowhere, and I think, okay, I guess she's throwing the other team off. I'm not stealing. I know exactly what to do. I stay put. Pitch goes. I don't steal. Bingo. It's kind of weird, though, because that's why I'm in the game. But that's okay. She's, she's on to something. Next play comes. My coach, again, does one of these. No belt. And I'm like, oh, no. Why shouldn't she doing the trigger? She's not doing the trigger, but I'm going to stay right here. To be honest, my memory blacks out at this point because I never stole second base. When I got back in the dugout, I got chewed out for not stealing second base. And after the game, I most definitely remember when the entire team had to line up on the first baseline and run suicide sprints because McLean missed the sign. My 15-year-old self did not retort, ah, but you missed the trigger. <laughs> See, today we're going to be talking about a different kind of trigger. We're going to be talking about faith. Faith is the trigger that activates the power and the compassion and the healing and the forgiveness of Jesus. And boy, do we want to make sure that we don't miss the trigger. You see, faith is us taking a step in the direction towards Jesus. It's us saying, I'm surrendering all that I know of myself to all that I know of you. And we set God's kingdom into motion. 
is we're going to see today in the episodes, we're going to see two miracles take place. Some people get all weird about miracles. You don't like it. You're not sure about it. Let me help us redefine a miracle. See, a miracle isn't just this weird supernatural. It is actually the natural in super form. It's the way that God intended it. God never intended disease, um, illness, people getting sick, whatever these things are. God never intended that brokenness. And so when a miracle happens, it's actually a writing of creation. The thing that was broken made right again. So today we're going to see faith does four things, right? Faith is going to activate, make sure I got it, activate the power of Jesus. But we're also going to see how faith is contagious, faith is creative, and then it's all going to come together in the end for the sole purpose of what does it mean to be chosen? By faith, Jesus makes us new. This episode, and this is what I love about The Chosen, they literally take scripture directly off the pages and bring it to life. So we're going to read it first. This is in Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through 40. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. Okay, quick note. If you were in deep and wide on Thursday nights, we just talked about how scripture over and over and over again talks about how Jesus draws away, spends time with the Father, gets rejuvenated to go back out and do his work. Here's another example of it. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, we must go on to the other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. For those of you who are familiar with the Bible, you've probably read about leprosy. Many of you might think that it is a disease of the skin. Leprosy is actually a disease of the nerves. As the nerves break down, though, it does have this physical appearance, open wounds on the skin, disfigurement of fingers and limbs, plaques on ears, even sunken nose. And then as the nerves begin to decay even more, a leper could stick his or her hand in a pot of boiling water and never even know that it was hot. But see, with its contagious nature, Jewish law said that a person who contracted leprosy had to then live alone outside of the community so that they didn't spread it to other people. Leviticus says it like this, as for the leper who has the infection, his clothes shall be torn, and the hair of his head shall be uncovered, and he shall cover his mustache and cry, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean all the days during which he has the infection. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So think of not only the physical pain that this man who's approaching Jesus is in, but think about the emotional pain that he's been removed from his entire community. And if that's not enough, if a person is walking by, he has to shout at the top of his lungs, unclean, unclean. That is how he is defining himself. He is defining his identity as unclean. I can't imagine how shameful and degrading and lonely this life must be for this man. And so here he has an opportunity to approach Jesus. So we're going to watch the first clip and see how the chosen plays it out. Ah! Huh? 
the leopard. Stay back. Cover your mouth. Don't breathe his air. Don't come any closer. It's okay, John. It's okay. Rabbi, 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 Rabbi you cannot hit the disease. Please don't turn away from me. I won't. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Only if you want to, I submit to you. My sister, she was a servant at the wedding. She told me what you could do. I know you can heal me if you are willing. Seek your own honor. Please just do me this one thing. But what do I tell people? Go. Show yourself to the priest. Let them inspect you and see that you are cleansed. Make the proper offering in the temple as Moses commanded. And go on your way. Where's an extra tunic? Just one of you, just one of you. That's enough. Green is definitely your color. <laughs> Not too shabby. pictured Jesus's smile, if you've never imagined looking in his eyes, if you've never imagined his laugh, oh my gosh, my prayer today is that that is what you get out of this show, and that is what you get out of today, the person of Jesus. We talk about at First Pres a lot about real relationships, real transformation, wanting this real relationship with Jesus because it leads to real transformation. There is no one more enjoyable to be around than Jesus. <laughs> 
He is not boring. He is not dull. He's not rude. He's not mean. He is smiling and filled with joy and compassion and love. But here's the thing about the leper, right? He's at the end. He's got nothing save for one thing, faith. He goes all in. He pushes all his chips in because he approaches this group of people. That is against the law what he's doing. And notice what he said, if you are willing. He didn't say to Jesus, if you can. He didn't say, I tried all the creams and I tried all the ointments and I tried all the recipes. I tried the special diet. Maybe I'll try Jesus. No, he said, I know, Lord, that you can heal me. If you are willing, will you make me clean? Oh, and then, how does Jesus respond? Mark 1, 41. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. A leper. I am willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. When was the last time this man was touched? When was the last time he had received the beauty of a hug, the knowing of a held hand, the companionship of a pat on the back? So before Jesus even speaks the word, he does the most intimate and loving thing he could possibly do for this man. Reach out and touch him. See, that's what Jesus does for you and me. He, he knows us and he sees us. And so he reaches us in our most intimate way. And for this man, it was the simple act of a hand on his shoulder. So what else is faith? Not only does it activate the power and compassion of Jesus, but it is contagious. Faith stories birth faith stories. And notice Jesus asked him not to tell anyone what happened. Well, throw that out the window. The leper couldn't help himself, right? And so we read in Mark 1, 41, the leper does not keep it to himself because faith is contagious. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Because of this, we're going to see what happens in Mark chapter 2. Because of the faith that is contagious about the leper, it's going to lead to the next faith story. But I also want you to remember point three about faith, that faith is creative. See, just like the leper pushed all his chips on the table, surrendered his life completely, faith sees a roadblock and finds a crack. Faith sees a closed door and finds an open window, or in our next clip, finds a hole in the roof. So let's watch the next couple clips cannot be hid. And if it were nighttime, Zebedee wouldn't light his lamp and put it under a basket, put it on the stand where it could light us all. Jesus of Nazareth! I saw what you did to the leper on the road this morning. My friend has been paralyzed since childhood. He has no hope but you. Please, do for him what you did for the leopard. 
Tablet at least. Harry! Is he in danger? I don't know. No, I don't think so. He's got room in there? Yes. Can you believe we're really here for this? teach answer me if you are willing rabbi you know you can't hey, i'm talking to you by whom do you teach certainly not the authority of any rabbi from nazareth where did you study your faith is beautiful son Take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right. But I ask you, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk. It's easy to say anything, no? But to show you, and so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, my son, rise.
there's a lot to unpack in that clip. I'm going to stay on the theme of faith. I'm not going to talk about Mr. Cranky Pants Pharisee. That's a whole other sermon. But we're going we're gonna to stick with faith. And I want just so that you can see how they have literally taken the stories of Scripture so verbatim. We're going to read it too. Mark 2, 1 through 5. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. Go ahead and leave that up for a little while, Juan. So here's this house full of people, right? And the friends are up on the roof with this paralyzed man. Well, let's think, just like we got inside the head of the leper, let's get inside the head of the paralyzed man. This was a very strong shame-based culture. And so the thought was, if you're paralyzed, you did something wrong. You're evil, you're sinful, this is a punishment. Or your parents are evil, your parents are sinful, this is a punishment. So again, that same shame that the leper carried is the shame of the paralyzed man. Also, thinking about those times, there's no wheelchairs, there's no ADA compliances, there's no business opportunity that has accommodations. For this man, it is an isolating life just like the leper. Okay, but here's the difference that just blows my mind, right? So in the story of the leper, it was the faith of the leper that activates the power of Jesus. Notice whose faith it is that activates the power of Jesus this time. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Seeing the faith of the four friends activates the power of Jesus. So here's the thing that's amazing for you and for me. Sometimes we think it's all about me. It's all on my own. I have to try so hard, God. No, no, no. God uses you in the lives of other people. The first time this verse was illuminated for me, I was 19 years old, and I was spending a month in Colorado at Young Life's camp called Frontier Ranch. I was a cook, a summer staff worker. We were slinging eggs and cheese, making omelets, baking dozens of Pyrex dishes of lasagna, doing a line of deli meat sandwiches. It was so much fun. It was a lot of hard work. But one Sunday morning, I found out my true job description, and it wasn't a cook. The camp speaker read this passage and said that we were like the four friends. We are the four friends. Each one of us has a mat in front of us with people that God intentionally places on there. And God is asking you and me to bend down, to pick up a corner of the mat, and to carry people to him. Who's on your mat? Without a doubt, my two children are on my mat. The Lord has placed my nine-year-old and my six-year-old right in front of me. And I've got two choices. I leave them there. I drag them around. I get caught up in things that don't matter. Or, my job description, I pick up the corner of the mat 
and I carry them and I place them before Jesus. Who is on your mat? Is it your spouse? Is it your adult child? Is it your next door neighbor? See, when we come to know Jesus, like those four friends already knew him, it doesn't just start and stop and end with us. We are then put on mission and given a job description to pick up the mat of the people in front of us and to carry them and place them before Jesus. So here we have these two back-to-back faith stories in Mark chapter 1 and in Mark chapter 2. And in both, we see our four key things about faith, right? Faith activates the power of Jesus. Faith is contagious. Faith is creative. And because of all this, and for all of this, and by faith, Jesus makes us new. That is the end goal. And this episode highlights three people who are made new, right? The leper is made physically new, socially new, emotionally new. The woman, they portray one of the friends as a woman in this episode, she is made new with purpose, right? And then the paralyzed man is made new spiritually and physically. But in all of it, the way that Jesus makes us new is in a step towards him in faith. He meets us with intimacy, He didn't stay with the disciples in fear, pulling a knife out like John, shouting, be well, leper, catch, band-aids, you're going to be fine. No, he moves towards them and he touches them in intimacy and heals him. He doesn't yell at the woman and the four friends, what are you doing, breaking the roof? Don't you see I'm trying to teach here? No, he stops and he marvels at her faith. He just stands there and he looks at her. What does he say to the paralyzed man? Um, I'm kind of teaching here. You're kind of interrupting what I've got going on here. No, he stops everything, and he kneels down, and he looks at him eye to eye, and he cares for him, and he loves him. And that's what he does for each one of us. He makes us new, and we are given the invitation to move towards him in faith. So will you allow the activating contagious and creative nature to get you face to face with this Jesus to make you new. Please pray with me. God, it is so obvious that you love us, that you care for us, that you desire to make us new. And so I pray, Jesus, that by faith, In faith, in a step towards you, Lord, we could bring ourselves bare before you. Are we paralyzed? No. Do we have leprosy? No. Are we broken? Yes. So whatever it is on our hearts, Jesus, I pray that we could come before you with that. Oh, my gosh. And who is on our mat, Jesus? I just can't believe that you give us this unbelievable privilege that we get to be a part of someone's story. We get to be a part of lifting someone up on a mat and bringing them to you. Thank you for that unbelievable privilege. And so I pray for each one of us that you would press upon our hearts the people that you have put on our mat and so that we can bring them before you. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Friends, let's sing one last song.